Welcome back to the program. The numbers for today, 135 new cases of COVID-19 for the province of Ontario. And while that number is better than the number that we saw over the last two days over the course of the weekend, we saw two days with 160 plus on both days. Still, 135 is not the kind of number we're looking for because this is not this is not the number you're looking for. Uh, because last week, you may recall that for three days we hit 111, and so obviously this is going in the wrong direction. We're going up, not wildly up, but it's a concern. I have not seen the number breakdown yet for Toronto cases out of that 135. We're likely to get that later this afternoon, but. Likely because of the numbers and the numbers going in the wrong direction, that's the reason that Toronto, Peel, and Windsor-Essex will be left behind for at least another week as more portions of the province move to Stage 3. This is the announcement we are expecting from the Premier at 1 o'clock today as he announces again a further reopening of the economy, Stage 3 for York, Durham, Halton, Hamilton, Niagara, Haldeman, Norfolk, and Lambton Health Units will likely be able to go to Stage 3 on Friday. That is the reporting from Global News, and it will be confirmed by the Premier when he speaks at 1 o'clock. So let's get into it, and let's get your take on it at 416-870-6400. And my question to you is, should Toronto go to Stage 3? Are you put out by this? Do you live in Toronto? Do you live in Peel? Do you live live in Windsor-Essex? Should Toronto go to Stage 3 this week? I tell you, I spent some time out and around this weekend. I was at the beach, socially distant, physically distant from everybody. I keep my, even in the before times, I keep my physical distance from everyone at the beach. It's just a, a thing. But I also went to the mall, and there's a lot of people at the mall. Went to the mall with my teenage daughter. Exciting, with a big family outing. Uh, And a lot of mask wearing, of course, it's mandatory, is it not? It's mandatory. Not everybody, though. At one point, I did the, the thing that you do as a dad when you go shopping. You don't go shopping, you know, like, actually with your teenage daughter. Don't be ridiculous. No teenage, no teenager of any gender wants to shop with their dad. So I do what, you know, dads have done time immemorial. You go to the mall and you find a place to sit down and then you have a nap. So I was having a nap there in the mall with my mask on. And sure enough, some guy comes and sits right next to me. I'm like, dude, what are you doing, man? And this, the guy that sits right next to me is on, the te- he's on a cell phone, not wearing a mask. Hey, what are you doing? My question for you. At 416-870-6400, should Toronto go to Stage 3? Jason is on line one. Jason, do you think Toronto is ready for Stage 3? Are we ready? I don't think so. Uh, a couple of things quick. A uh, co-worker who enjoys the nightlife came in this morning, told me how he spent King Street, Saturday night, good times, back to normal. Thousands of people all over the place. And it was just like old times. And well, I but, no, but night, uh, how's that possible? It's not, I mean, I'm sure he likes the nightlife. Yeah. He loves to boogie. But uh, you can't, the night, nightclubs are not open in no, Toronto. No, the street, street life. 
he said, forget about the nightclubs being open. The people are already down there. No masks, lots of social interaction, etc. Also, Alan, while I have you on the phone, I want to thank you for bringing up the events of the weekend. I was horrified. I think it's disgusting that people do what they've done. I think you're right about the police and the lack of communication, but we live in a democracy, and democratically, we need to decide that a, that a statue of John A. Macdonald no longer has a place in our society, and then we remove it. It's not up for people to just throw paint on things when they don't want them anymore. That takes away from the foundation of our democratic system. All they right, but you, be, together, you, believe, you believe in the right to protest? You believe, believe in the right, the right to express yourself? Absolutely. But when you cross the line and you start defacing public property and whatnot as a means to get your message out, I don't, I, that's where I draw the line. Okay, well, what, let, let me just, and I'm just devil's advocate okay. here, because as I, as I outlined in my previous segment, yep. uh, the response from Black Lives Matter is, well, you know, white engineering students from Ryerson, they're celebrated for defacing monuments for Frosh Week. Alan, quite honestly, I cannot ever ima- remember a time when a public monument was was defaced by engineering students uh, to the level that it was this weekend and that it ever appeared on a newspaper or a television report or anything else. Maybe that's a sign of the times. Um, I went to Western. I, I We didn't do that stuff. We just got yeah. really drunk. And yeah. <laughs> well, Western it. engineers, I mean, you know, you know, inevitably dangling a, a VW bug from a building. All right. Thank you, Jason. Right. I appreciate your call. Thank you very much. And, and we sort of got off topic there, but I think it is important that we, you know, we circle back around to one of the big stories. And, and if you were listening in our last segment, what I was saying was that, um, you know, I, I think this weekend was a warning to us all what happened in the city of Toronto. You saw protesters at a police detachment. Uh, you saw uh, demonstrators who had been been charged, as uh, we were just talking about with our caller there, with Jason there, you know, charged with mischief, and police saying, well, look, we're, you know, we're willing to let them go, but they won't sign a release form. And then you have their counsel outside saying, well, I don't have access to them. And then there's this whole back and forth about, well, do they have access or do they not have access? And the Toronto police finally, on late Sunday night, the police chief finally, I don't know, woke up at the cottage somewhere. I don't know I don't know where Mark Saunders is. I know where he is. He's counting his dollars. He's counting his dollars right now because he's thinking, I'm out of here. I'm out of here. I got my exit strategy. I'll, I'll be, you know, working in... In private industry, I'll be, I'll be over there at Hill and Knowlton or Erston Young or some some kind of thing, making some dollars later on. But the problem is, is that when you have a lack of information, when you have no narrative being countered, and you got an MPP and you got uh, in Josh Matlow, counselor, rushing down to the scene, tweeting out things. This is inappropriate. This is not acceptable. This is denial of constitutional right. Next thing you know, we're going to have a really big problem in our hands. The next time this happens, something like this happens, and maybe it's a, a worse misstep by the police. And I'm saying there was a misstep here by police because they were not conscious of what they were doing. They just, well, we're just going to arrest these people. This will work out fine. Like, think about what the moment is. Think about the moment we're at. And the next time this happens, it's going to be worse. And if we don't have some better communication and some better leadership on the part of the Toronto police, I fear for this city.